This is the Law Podcasting Podcast, where you learn how to use modern media to get your message out and more good clients to your law practice. Here's your host, Gordon Firemark. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. This is episode number seven of the Law Podcasting Podcast. I am your host, Gordon Firemark, and this is the show where I bring you information about how lawyers can use the power of podcasting to support and develop their business, even if they are not podcasting specifically about the law. Now, my guest on the show this time around is Josh Brown. Josh is a practicing franchise attorney in Carmel, Indiana. He has a uh, legal practice that he's built there uh, around helping entrepreneurs build businesses that scale and grow. Josh loves helping entrepreneurs, business owners, franchisees, and franchisors to build profitable businesses that reflect the owner's vision and provide value to customers. He speaks, blogs, writes articles, and is the creator and host of the Franchise Euphoria podcast. And he supports his wife, two daughters, and a golf habit, as well as pursuing his own entrepreneurial dreams. Josh Brown, thank you so much for being with us. Well, thanks for having me. Thrilled to be here. Great. Your uh, podcast is called Franchise Euphoria. Tell us a little bit about when you got started with your podcast and how that came about. Sure. Uh, Well, first of all, I'm thrilled that I'm number seven. I'm the seventh interview. That's my favorite number. Always has been. And so that's fantastic. Um, So, yeah, I had been thinking about podcasting for really a couple years. I had just started listening to them as I would, you know, go on walks or runs or working out in the gym and and really thought, um, man, this is just a really cool medium. But it was always something where I thought, oh, it's probably going to be a royal pain to set up. And I don't know anything about audio or <laughs> or video or, or anything like that. And so I just kept listening and listening and listening. And I had heard um, – uh, come across John Lee Dumas, an entrepreneur on fire, and he is obviously a big he's a big podcaster and a big promoter for podcasting. And so I said, you know, I'm going to launch my own podcast. Well, I kept putting it off. I, I finally I came up with the name, you know, Franchise Euphoria. I knew I wanted to do an educational podcast mm-hmm. where I would just provide information to people and in, really in three different categories. And that is for people who are looking to buy franchises, just helping them not make the mistakes that so many make, uh, helping business owners that are looking to expand and grow through the franchise model, kind of give them some things to think about and explain the differences between franchising and licensing and and all the different things that pop up. And then just in general, talk about systems and processes that I think are all so important uh, for any kind of business owner, whether you're going to franchise or not, to implement into your business. So that is sort of the umbrella of Franchise Euphoria. And I launched it in October, late October 2013. And I can get into how the, how I launched it if you want. Please do. Uh, yeah, it, it's, a, it, it's a fascinating story. So I kept putting it off and delaying it and going, how am I going to do all this? And during the course of... Um, that time I was listening to uh, Jamie Tardy, who's got a real popular podcast called Eventual Millionaire, where she interviews millionaires and tells their mm-hmm. stories. And it's a, it's a great show. Are you familiar with that show? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah so ja- Jamie's awesome. And I literally got to know her because she started a company called Duncast, where she would basically do your artwork, do the artwork for the podcast, mm. do the intro, do the outro, sort of put everything together to kind of get you going. Well, I knew if I'm going to get off my butt and actually get this thing going, I need somebody who's just going to do that for me. <laughs> so I contacted Jamie and um, 
uh, paid her her company uh, for the first two or three months just to set everything up. After I would do my recording, I would just send it over, and they created the artwork, and it, they were they were fantastic. I'm not even sure if she's still doing that anymore. Um, but I got to know her and that's really what got me going and actually started me on this process. The irony of the whole thing is one of her virtual assistants is somebody who I worked with consistently to kind of get the show up and going. Mm -hmm. And that person is now my virtual assistant because she had, the VA. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. She had actually finished a project and Jamie said, Hey, look, she's done. She's done working with me. And I had happened to talk to her on the phone. I said, Oh, you're fantastic. I'd love to hire you. And she said, Oh, well, let's talk. <laughs> cool. Cool. So that's how I that's how I got started through thinking through the process, but then actually putting it together, I utilized the help of another company. And that really kind of put me in the mode to say, okay, I really don't have to invest that much time. Somebody else can do it. And then, you know, after a couple months, few months, I figured, okay, I can take this in-house. And I've since trained, you know, uh, worked with my VA so that all I do is record um, the interviews or record the MP3, and then she takes care of everything else. Okay, cool. So as far as the technology, the equipment and stuff, are you a techie geek kind of guy? Did you set this stuff up yourself when you decided to bring it in-house, I presume? Well, actually, you know, you were recording stuff anyway, so talk about that. Yeah, so I've become sort of techie geeky. Um, I'm, I've never been so much like that, but I, I keep it real basic, right? Uh -huh. So I have a, I'm all Mac, I have a MacBook Pro, and I have the Audio-Technica 2100 microphone, which was when I bought it, it was all of like 45 bucks. Yeah. It may be a little bit more now on Amazon. Yeah. Um, and it comes with it, it goes USB into my MacBook. It also comes with is it called the DLR connection where it can go into an external XLR. audio sound? Excellent. See, that's how much I know, Gordon. Okay. This, that's how much I know about. <laughs> you just answered the question. <laughs> exactly. I don't know anything about this stuff yet, yet. I've had a podcast for the last year. Great. So that's what I started with. And I had a little stand mm -hmm. that came with the microphone, but nothing else. Okay. And it was just probably three months ago that I got one of those arms to mm -hmm. hold the microphone. And I got a little pop filter, which, which set me back for the both of them uh, a total of about 20 bucks. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been real basic for me. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and you record into the computer in Audacity or something like that? Yeah, so that's the, okay, so what I do is um, I've, I've been using Adobe Audition, although I'm debating, I'm thinking about going back to Audacity because I'm spending, you know, 30-some dollars a month on Adobe, and I'm thinking Audacity can do the exact same thing. I just haven't, you know, it's one of those things where it's like it works well, so I haven't messed with it, but I told my VA that that's one of the things I want to look into is just scaling back on Adobe Audition because I don't need all those features. I use um, Audacity. I use Skype mm -hmm. and the Skype call recorder. Great. And I use Lipson as, as the host. Okay, cool. So how would you say the podcast – now, your podcast is about educating – uh, well, potential clients, really, franchisors, franchisees, folks inter interested in that area of business, and just general business startup folks and small business owners, that kind of thing. How would you say it's benefited your practice? Are you seeing a, a bump? Oh, sure. Yeah. It's been the single greatest thing I've ever done for my practice. So I have been blogging now for maybe you know two, three years, um, and um, 
and that's been great. You know, that kind of gets you out there in in Google and out there that people people can find you. But within two weeks of launching my podcast, within two weeks, I got a call from somebody in Canada who had listened to the show and had been in franchising for 20 some years and was in the process of launching a new um a new website and a new product. And he said, listen, I found you through the podcast. Then I went and read your blogs and I really like your style. And we're hiring, you know, 10 to 15 professionals who really know what they're talking about, um, to do blogs for us in, in, in certain areas. I'd like to hire you to do a monthly franchise blog. So I've been doing that for the last year, been getting paid for it. So like I tell people, I was able I was able to monetize the podcast in two weeks, which is pretty cool. That's but it's awesome. it's it's also led to direct clients. Um, but the biggest thing that it's done, and it's probably led to maybe four or five clients at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the biggest thing it's done is it's taken me from just an Indiana practicing attorney mm-hmm. into sort of a national practice and more of a national consulting advising type practice. It's just opened up the network that much. I mean, it's, um, it's now been downloaded in I think 77 countries, um, thousands and thousands of times. And, and it gets nice, um, it, it gets nice exposure in iTunes, quite frankly, because there's just not that many franchise podcasts. Um, but it gets nice exposure there. And so it's just, and I get and I get emails from people almost every single week, um, sometimes with questions or people who say, "Oh, hey, thanks for providing the, providing the great content." So, oh, it's been fantastic. And, I, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on your show. I tell everybody <laughs> the podcast has been the single greatest thing that I've done for my practice. Oh, that is fantastic. So, so the show is called Franchise Euphoria. Talk a little more about the format and structure of what the show is and the kinds of content you include in it and uh sure so when i first started it it was just going to be an interview show which i love doing interviews because i love the dialogue back and forth just like you and i are talking Mm -hmm. and um for the first i don't know 30 40 episodes it was all interviews with you know some people who are franchisees former franchisees but also very well-known people like michael gerber you know from e-myth revisited i mean his whole book got me thinking all about franchising years and years ago. And I've interviewed other best-selling authors and entrepreneurs. And so I've kind of done a combination of people directly within the franchise space and then people sort of on the outskirts a little bit. But I always try to tie it in into something um, entrepreneurial mm-hmm. or within the franchise space. I ran out of interviews, though, at one point <laughs> when when my uh, my second daughter was born. I didn't have time. And I thought, well... I'm either going to stop the podcast for a little bit or I'm just going to do an audible. And I said, I am not stopping this thing because if I do, I'm never going to get back on it. So I just started. I said, you know what? I'm going to come up with the euphoria tips of the day. So instead of so instead of doing interviews, I just pop on there and do little 10 minute segments on kind of like focused topics within franchising. I really enjoyed doing that. And when I and when I first started off, I didn't even mention this. I was doing it one day a week. Mm-hmm. Well, then I said, I'm going to do an interview one day a week and I'm just going to do a euphoria tip of the day one day a week. So have two episodes a week go live. Well, I did that for a little bit, but is I don't know if you found this to be true or not, Gordon. It can be hard to stay on top of interviews. You know, people, yeah. people reschedule, people cancel. And so 
when you have a full practice or you have a full business mm-hmm. that you're trying to run and, and you're uting, utilizing a podcast to help with it, it's not like the podcast is my whole business. The podcast is to help my business right. and I really enjoy it. And so I just um, started doing interviews and then doing tips, tips of the day. And for a while I was just you know going on two days a week and doing my own tips. And now I've gotten back into doing uh, more interviews um, quite frankly, because I mean, a lot of people are reaching out to me asking to come on and um, I'm reaching out more uh, to people because, again, I've just realized through through doing the show enough. I mean, I've got 86 episodes now mm-hmm. that I just love the dialogue back and forth. So my preference is to do an interview, although I I do think there's a tremendous value of just going on there and talking about one particular topic and, and providing that sort of educational information for the for the listeners as well. well there's different kinds of content you know the, i mean that's the stuff that that sort of evergreen stuff that when someone goes searching for that particular topic that keyword they'll find it even though they may not subscribe to your show and listen every week you know it's out there for them to find when they're in need of that particular information so that that's a great actually i think it's a great approach to have the interviews which keeps the show going it keeps the content coming out on a regular basis but then filling in with those tips so that uh, you get found yeah, yeah, no, it's it's worked pretty well. I mean, I get people who who do say that they really like it, and um, you know, like I said, I mean, that's really the main mm-hmm. the main goal of it is to just get that kind of information out there. Because quite frankly, there's just a lot of bad information out there on <laughs> franchising, and there's a lot of people who get sucked into systems that are just not very good, and they lose their investments. Sure. And this was my way to say. Here's a lot of good information for free mm-hmm. <laughs> that will help you. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny. You mentioned systems and, and uh, processes and things like that. And, and that's very much a part of what franchising really is all about is, uh, you know, the franchisor develops a set of systems and then uh, sells it to subscribers, essentially, who then replicate sure. those systems in their business. And um, Let's, but I want to, what I wanted to ask you is, do you have some systems that you've developed a workflow for your show and how you prep it and how you go about recording in the post? You, you said you offload the post-production stuff to your VA, but uh, fill us in on this. Yeah, so that was sort of a process because I was after I had um, uh, brought it back in from Duncast, I was just kind of doing it myself and going, okay, this is kind of how I want to set it up. I've got this intro, I've got this outro. And, and then I used... Um, ScreenFlow, which I love, and I created a couple videos to then show my virtual assistant, okay, here's how you go into Adobe Audition. Here's how you attach the intro. Here's how you attach the outro. Here's how you adjust some of the settings. I mean, I had learned enough about that just for the podcast to do that. So I created a ScreenFlow video, and that ended up creating the system for my VA. I also, we've tried to create a system with interviews. Mm -hmm. What's challenging is my style and what I enjoy is not the same question over and over and over again. So I do, you know, basically I create just a workflow of a bio Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, that that serves as an intro. Um, And then I, when I interview people, I usually type up maybe six or seven questions, but sometimes I don't even ask any of those questions. (laughs) 
you know, I try to keep it focused, but also fluid and conversational. Mm-hmm. Um, I just interviewed somebody today. It hasn't gone live, but I, I, I did something where at the end I, I rattled off like six or seven questions that I just wanted like stream of conscious mm-hmm. answers for. And the guests really liked that. So that might be something that I add in on a regular basis just to add a little bit of flavor sort of a lightning round <laughs> yeah kind of like a lightning round oh, that, cool. that, and so the and so the listener can get get um gets just some more information that they might not otherwise get but if i'm just that's for an interview now for yeah. myself what i do here's my flow i literally think about what are questions that people consistently ask me in the franchising or entrepreneurial space i take that and I go, okay, I'm going to talk about that today. But then I say, I want to link it to like five points or four keys or three this or something like that because that's going to be more digestible and it's going to be easier for somebody to take away what I want them to take away. So I literally say, okay, I'm going to talk about this um, and then here's the five keys and that's it. And then I hit, I hit record and I just go. And, and and so some, you know, so I, I don't I don't prepare that much for in part because I don't have the time. But part of it is, as you know, this, Gordon, with like your practice, mm-hmm. I mean, I deal with this stuff day in and day out. Yeah. If you so, know your stuff, you're you're golden. <laughs> I don't I don't have to, you know, write out a whole thing. I know that some people who podcast literally type out everything they're going to say. And wow, I could never do that. I could never do that. <laughs> So let's address the big objection. I think most lawyers are very busy. We all feel like we, our time is at a real premium, especially those of us who have a family and we want to get home at a reasonable hour and have dinner and get the bed, kids to bed and then you know, maybe even have a little time to spend with our spouse or, or read a book or something. So time. Uh, how much time are you spending for your episodes? You're doing two episodes a week roughly. That seems like you're investing a fair bit of time in this. Yeah, my guess is... Um through the course of so through the course of a week, I bet you I'm spending two to three hours in total. But part of that time, and I'm and I'm offshooting this to my VA as well, is you know it's great to have an interview, it's great to have an episode episode, but you got to push that out to social media. Yeah. So part of what I'm doing is not only the promoting of the episodes, but responding to people as well. So you know, as an example, um, you know my my virtual assistant goes into my Hootsuite account, which links up to all my social media accounts. And so when an episode, when an episode goes live, she, she pushes stuff out. She also goes in there on a daily basis and just, you know, does motivational quotes and, and all these sorts of things. But whenever an episode goes out, I push it onto social media and then I start the engagement process, which that quite frankly takes up the most time. (laughs) What my goal is, um, because I kind of told myself when I started this, I said, look, after the first year, I'm going to have a pretty good idea of my flow. Mm-hmm. And right, we're, we're pushing right up onto a year. And so I've sort of figured out what I want to do and how much time I want to spend. And, and I really, quite frankly, want to take my podcast to the next level because it's been fantastic for me and I enjoy it so much. But at the same time, I'm realizing that a cap for me is I'm willing to invest about three hours a week mm-hmm. into my podcast. That's not very much time. That's not that long. Um, right. And that's for two episodes a week. And I think I can even, um, when I say take it to the next level, I mean, even 
professionalize it more. I mean, I think it's a very professional podcast. Anybody who listens mm-hmm. to it, you know, it's it sounds good. It's got good audio. It's got the intro. It's got the outro. But there's just other things I want to do to change it up a little bit, maybe add some things in. Um, and then one thing I'm really toying with um, because it's been presented to me by from about maybe four to five companies now is the possibility of sponsorships. And so I haven't gone there yet. But for anybody listening, that is another way to add revenue streams, which this that's a whole nother conversation. But part of my entire philosophy with my law practice is to not only build that up, but to build additional streams of revenue so I can take the pressure mm-hmm. off of trading time for dollars. And doing a podcast and build, can build up your audience, can build up a network very, very fast, yeah. which can then open the opportunity to have other streams of revenue that can take the pressure off of your practice and actually put you in a position where you can charge more but not have to be solely tied to trading time for dollars as you have other streams of revenue coming in. And you can choose the cream of the crop clients and let the clients go to someone else. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. For me, that's been a huge part of the value of doing this is that, you know, it positions the podcaster as a bit of an expert, Uh, not a bit. It positions you as an expert in your field and as a thought leader and therefore the good ones come your way and you can, uh, yeah, you can pick and choose. Here's the other thing, Gordon. I just want to add this too, because this is, uh, again, there's so many great things about it, but I use a podcast as well to where, you know, as attorneys, you always got to be careful. I mean, everybody's in marketing, everybody's trying to get out there, but you always got to be careful on how you do it. Well, with a podcast, it's fantastic because when I talk to people, it's not, it's always, hey, you know, if it's a, if, if somebody owns a business, a growing business, or they own a particular franchise or whatever, my start into the conversation is usually like, hey, I'd love to have you on my podcast. And they're sort of like, huh, what? And then I tell them about it. Yeah. And so I start getting to know these people just by virtue of having them on my show. And you're not trying to sell them at that no, point. No, <laughs> I'm not trying to sell them anything. Right. But, but a lot of them, first of all, I'll form a relationship just from talking with them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them during that call or soon thereafter will shoot me an email or something and say, hey, I'd like to bounce this off of you. Yeah. Or I'd like to, you know, and that, and, and as you know, that's just how it all starts. Sure. So the breaker, the icebreaker, the, the beginning of a, relationship, a networking relationship uh, from having been invited to come on the show, even if they haven't yet even been on the show, I presume. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just at breakfast the other day and I ran into somebody who owns a local business and and um, she was asking about the podcast and she said, hey, I'm part of the, you know this BNI networking group. I'd love for you to come and just talk about the podcast. Maybe you could interview some of the entrepreneurs, you know, some of the local people here. I said, oh, I'd love to do that. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So you think podcasting is an effective tool for marketing a law practice for sure? I think it's the most effective tool that I have utilized or I have seen. I think that there's something um, inherently personal or more personal about almost one-to-one where when you're in somebody's earbuds, you know, or when you're coming through their Bluetooth in their car. I mean, they've I've had people call me, Gordon, who – hire me and and I haven't met them mm-hmm. um, and, and I say well let me tell you a little about myself and they say oh we already know I already know about you I already feel I, I already know about you I listen to your show you know and that's fantastic yeah. I mean that's great so it's that one to one where a blog is great and, and I think you have to do both quite mm-hmm. frankly because people will ask 
But I think a blog, reading something is very different from hearing somebody's voice or from seeing them. Now, I don't do a video podcast, but I know it's there's a lot of people who are starting to do that. But um, but for me, just even the audio is is just a great way to really um, to really sort of form that bond with people, even sure. before you meet them or talk to them. Yeah. So um, you've been at this for, what, 86 episodes now. What would you say is your favorite moment from your podcasting experience so far? Oh, my gosh. Uh, um, well, my, my, my favorite moment was supposed to happen, but it has not happened yet. I'm anticipating that it's going to be my favorite moment. This might be a strange answer, but another attorney friend of mine who you need to get on your show um, – Name Nick Plavlidis. He's got a show called Five Minutes with Dad, and he's got a five-year-old son. Well, I have a five-year-old daughter, and he basically does a show with his dad or with his son. Uh-huh. And my daughter and I listen to it as I take her to school, and then she wants to come on to my show and talk about a business idea <laughs> that she has. Wow! And so I was supposed to interview her, and I was going to say that would be my favorite moment. That will be my favorite moment. But really, if I had to, I can't give one favorite moment from you know like a recording or this and that. I mean, obviously, I've had a chance to meet some really, really cool people. And, you know, my favorite moments collectively is when I reach out to somebody who's had a big impact in my life, most of the time through a book. And I say, Hey, I love this. This is what I love about it. This is what I'm doing. I'd love to, I'd love to interview you. And they respond back and say, let's do it. Mm -hmm. That's great. You know, that's the best. Okay. So let's flip the the question on its on its uh, side and ask you, what is the 86 episodes you must have had a nightmare moment, something bad <laughs> that, that you didn't expect? Yeah, I was interviewing a um, – it was the first time that I'd ever had a bad network connection uh, and it just happened to be at that time. It was probably the biggest or one of the biggest interviews that I was going to do and um, we we almost couldn't make it work, but we figured it out because at the time – I did not know that through Skype you can call a landline too. You know, oh. you can get the subscription kind of service. So I uh-huh. didn't have that. And we were having I was having a terrible time connecting <laughs> with this person. <laughs> and I had done so much preparation for that one because I, you know, I was really sort of like I was nervous. It was gonna be like this was earlier on. Mm-hmm. Um and so that was that was terrifying. Um because I thought, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to to reschedule somebody. Um, but I really haven't had too many um, technological issues. I did have one that was a scare mm. where I went through a whole interview and I thought I didn't record it. Oh, ouch, yeah. And somehow, I, because I, I, I couldn't find it, I had hit mm. something and it, it looked like it had disappeared, but I ended up finding it. So knock on wood, Gordon, yeah. um, those aren't too bad. Oh, okay. Well, what advice would you offer uh, a lawyer or anybody who's thinking about getting a podcast up and going? Uh, Well, the first thing I would say is uh, figure out what's going to – if you really want to do it, are you you doing it for the right reasons, right? And and do you have something that you really uh, are passionate or interested in talking about? Because I will say this. If you're just looking to promote something that maybe you don't care that much about, it's going to get old. I mean it takes – Right. I mean, you have to really dive into what it is you're doing. It doesn't have to be something that necessarily 
that completely relates to your practice. But I would encourage you if, you know, as an attorney, figure out what, you know, it's a great way to differentiate yourself, but figure out specifically not only what the topic is that you want to talk about, but what your objective is through the podcast. Sure. Because it's very easy, as you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you can imagine this. You know, my, my podcast doesn't get huge numbers, but it has a very niche focus mm -hmm. and it gets people who are directly interested in exactly what I'm talking about. And that, and so it's been fantastic. Um, and it's very, it's very well received from that. But it's very easy when people get into podcasting um, to fall prey to how many downloads and this and that and the other. Yeah. If you don't have a clear idea of where you're going or what your goal is with the podcast, that can be disheartening to some. Uh, but if you have a clear idea of, hey, you know, I'm doing the podcast, I'm looking to get some stuff out there, I'm looking for it to be a supporter of my business and not my entire business, and you have a real clear idea of why you're doing it, then you'll be fine. Yeah. You know, let's face it. We, as lawyers, we offer a bespoke service. If we were trying to sell potato chips, the number of downloads would matter. <laughs> but what really matters is the quality of the folks who are consuming what we have and the, the connection that we build with those few people who then hopefully turn into clients, customers. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what shows do you listen to regularly? I listen to, let's see, um, Dan Miller, 48 days, um, uh, podcast, which is really good. He's, he gives great, you know, career advice, and he's and, and I know Dan now. I'm actually part of a, ma in a in a mastermind with him, so I really like that one. Um, I like Jamie Tardy's Eventual Millionaire. I like John Lee Dumas's Entrepreneur on Fire. I like um, um, Jim Hart's Legal Marketing Made Easy podcast. Yeah. Uh, J Jim's a good guy. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. I like. Um, the Wall Street Journal <laughs> podcast, <laughs> a business podcast. Sure, sure. Um, oh my gosh, if we had to go through, oh, I like uh, J Jared Easley has a great one called Starve the Doubts. Um, Paul Blaze has one called Doubt the Doubts that I really like. Um, uh, <laughs> That's plenty. <laughs> I mean, how many do you need? Do you need no, like that's great. I'm, try, I'm yeah. trying to keep up. I'm taking notes here so I can uh, put them in the show notes. Uh, and that's a great list. Yeah, fantastic. I've probably left some out, but I mean, I just, I, I listen literally, I don't know when the last time was I listened to the radio, um, you know, in my car when I'm driving, I am listening to podcasts. Awesome. I think that's one of the great reasons why podcasting is powerful is that people do listen to it. They appreciate getting a download of content, you know, in a sort of an intimate way that, um, you know, doesn't waste their time with commercials and other stuff. Yeah, there might be a marketing message to it, but, you know, that's, if you're providing value, that marketing message is welcome. So. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? No, I would, well, yes, actually. Okay. Uh, one, one, one final note. Sure. Um, if you're on the fence or if you're thinking that, that you know, wow, Josh, it, it, it sounds like, you know, you've got this system set up. It sounds like, you know, when I started this thing, I knew nothing and I still don't know that much about podcasting. I know what works for me. I, I know that I am able to put a good product out there twice a week um, with not having a tremendous expense at all mm -hmm. uh, in doing it. And it has done great things for my practice. So if you're out there listening and you're an attorney looking for a way to differentiate yourself, looking for a way to get your message out 
everywhere quickly, it, uh, then podcasting is a great way to do it. All right. Well, that's a great note to close on. <laughs> this has been fantastic. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I know I've learned a lot from this and the listeners I'm sure have as well. So uh, thank you for joining me. I'm very grateful. Tell the listeners how they can reach you if they have questions or interest in your practice or your podcast or whatever. Yeah, sure. Uh, best way is probably email. Um, you can email me at uh, josh at indie, I-N-D-Y, franchise, law.com. Um, that's my law practice email. You can also, you know, hit me up on Twitter at uh, indie franchise law, but that's F-R-C-H-S law um, on Twitter. Um, or, you know what, Gordon, people can give me a call. I'll, I'll give out my number. It's 317-688-9111, which is a great number if I was a personal injury attorney, but I'm not. <laughs> But it's still easy to remember. That's great. That's great. Thank you so much for being on the show. This has been a fun chat. Thanks a lot, Gordon. Keep it up, man. Love what you're doing. All right. Well, let me say thanks also to our listeners. Please take a moment to send us your comments and suggestions on the web at lawpodcaster.com. And a review in the iTunes store is always very welcome. And that about wraps it up for this episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. If you're interested in podcasting for your practice, please visit lawpodcasting.com and I'll send you the free Law Podcasting Resource Guide. I'll be launching Power Podcasting for Lawyers, the new course, very soon, and you'll be added to the VIP notification list to hear more about that. And so, until next time, keep on podcasting. Podcasting.